searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch Please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. What's up, everybody? It's Mike from the Pitch Please podcast. We're recording back again today. We've got the CTO of Dine, Parsa in the house. If you listened a few episodes back, you'll remember Dine and the energy we had in the recording studio. This team's moving at lightning speed. So today, we're going to talk about some of the things that they're up to, some of the changes they've been making to their packages, talk a little bit more about actually what their customers are saying. And I think they've been up to a whole bunch of new product and feature releases that they want to tell us about. So welcome to the show, Parsa. If you want to give us a quick introduction about yourself for anybody rejoining for the first time, and then we'll dive in from there. Perfect. Thank you, Mike. And great to see you again. I know last time we talked, the podcast went two and a half times over where it's supposed to. So I'll try to keep it short for the viewers and listeners this time. My name is Parsa. I'm the CTO here at Dine. You may remember me as the guy who was off screen last time. And now I got a proper mic and setup, so hopefully you can hear me a little bit better. But I'm here sort of talking about today, all we're doing at Dine for the restaurants and people in the hospitality industry that we're helping out across the country. And tell you a little bit more about how we're doing that so that everyone has a great idea. We can really expand this to new heights. I love it. For anybody tuning back in, maybe let's do a quick recap on what Dine actually does. So tell us a little bit about Dine and who you service, who are the customers that you help, and what are the types of things that you offer? Yeah, definitely. So simply put, Dine is the best AI for restaurants. And we really focus on two key areas, automating marketing for every type of marketing manager and optimizing supply chains for every kind of operational task you can imagine. So we really split that into three tiers that our restaurants have signed up to. First one being called drive, as in driving traffic and really boosting your your store's energy around it. And that's really directed towards marketing managers, which looks towards integrating all your different social media integrations, uh, retargeting new customers and old, and automating marketing campaigns across the board. So this really is used for making it so that your marketing costs go from 100 to 10, cutting it 90% down, and seeing that we can extend your reach and better retarget every customer and get a full attribution loop of each customer. So you can see when they click on the ad, when they pay in your POS, when they leave a review and connect all those points together in one software. That's amazing. So that's some pretty powerful stuff. So before we jump into number two, I want to just like pause on Drive. So Drive is for like mom and pop, like I own a single restaurant. Does it also scale to people that have maybe 20, 30 restaurants? Maybe you'll talk about that in the other bits, but who's like, who can start taking advantage of Drive? What is the smallest restaurant that could benefit from Drive? So what's really cool about the latest innovation in the dining technology is that anyone can take part in any part of the platform. And so we initially designed the drive in the first tier for those mom and pop shops to boost their businesses. But we find that whether you're a mom and pop shop or a large enterprise, these features really hit all markets. And so whether you have one store or a hundred, these features can actually understand based on each of your locations. You're really about connecting people and helping truly try to transform and power this space with tools that have previously been lacking for restaurant owners. Yeah. Um, talk to me then about Grow. Where does Grow fit in? So if Drive's like I, I want to my initial piece. more about Drive as yeah, well. Sort of for sure. Yeah, really yeah. Expand on what makes this a special thing for these restaurants. Every restaurant owner and every person in the world has not heard about ChatGPT. And, you know, everyone's using it for the different, you know, tasks like what they can Google for a recipe, whatever it is. But what we really do well is integrate enterprise ChatGPT, which allows you to have 
very secure access to this AI so that whatever you're building as a marketing campaign is never shared with your competitors. And what you have as your own internal brand and data sets never gets shared with others. So what's really cool about Dyn's drive tier is that whether you're a mom and pop shop competing with a large chain or you're a big enterprise restaurant chain, you're never going to have your competitors you know, creeping into your, your data sets and seeing what you're doing. And so that makes it a really safe way, as opposed to ChatGPT, to build marketing campaigns through our platform. And that's why it's been able to scale so fast across these different types of restaurants is because we have that ability to do social media management, you know, AI-generated campaigns. We have a coupon marketplace of different promotions and deals, as well as influencers that go around and, and film spots in the locations and tying that all into your existing loyalty integrations so that you can you know, connect all these points together uh, in a white glove service. That's cool. Obviously, you and I are a little bit deeper than maybe the average person For sure. on chat GPT or where I'm assuming you're going to go when you were talking about enterprise grade. Can you talk to me about what is enterprise grade chat GPT? Definitely. And what you talked about it a little bit, but why should that matter? You talked about things around privacy, security, feeding back into models. Let's just talk about that, I think, for a minute, because I think it's super special that you are already integrating this so early or so quickly in your journey. But for the average everyday person, they might not know what that means or what the differences are. So let's talk about that for a bit. Definitely. So you can imagine when you're using ChatGPT, it's super easy. There's a search bar, you type in whatever you want, you know, you, you get the answer instantly. And that's all true. But if I tell ChatGPT, let's say, what my business's revenue is, it's going to store that and share it with everyone else and train its models again. And what it means to train a model is that it's going to use what I know as my personal, you know, private information to help other people. And so I lose my business's edge. I lose the ability to have secrets about my business because if I'm asking ChatGPT any questions, it's logging and storing those and keeping it forever. It has an infinite memory. And so we want to make sure that as a business, you're not leeching off your, uh, your, your IP, your intellectual property, your secrets to your competitors, to those who don't need to hear it, and really focusing on how we can drive that value and drive those customers in a safe way. And so it's about that ethical piece of the AI and having it in a way that you're not getting taken advantage of for using a tool that makes you faster, smarter, better. And so in this way, you get all those advantages together. And that's really done through our amazing partnership with Microsoft and having that backing of, of their large technology and using it in this particular context that's essential for restaurant owners to see that traffic boost without seeing any privacy loss. I love that. I'm, I've got a post coming up soon about the differences between OpenAI and Azure OpenAI, and there's value, extreme value in both, undoubtedly. But to your point, if I have a secret recipe or sauce, and I actually want to write a marketing piece around that secret recipe or sauce, because I want to post about it, exactly. I actually don't want that feeding into other people's models, but I want to tell it the full story so it can give me something. But if I do that, I could... Potential, potentially leak my secret sauce. The best um, example is recipe. Coca-Cola is never going to get their recipe leached if they're using our enterprise AI. But if they use ChatGPT, it's going to be there for everybody. It could. And so it's, it's very much, it's not not enterprise grade. Like businesses could use it. It really just depends what you're putting into it. And it does get up and working really fast. Like the user experience is definitely amazing. Like props to ChatGPT. They definitely, like when everyone's sort of mass trying something, they've definitely made it super simple for the user. But to your point, there is a differentiated moment when businesses that are trying to do things for themselves do need to guard some secrets and have an extra layer of protection. And so you're effectively ring fencing people 
within their environment or your environment so that that's not leaking into the broader data set. And one of the really cool thing, if I can talk about how we do this full attribution loop, is that we actually tie together, you know, the prompts that you're putting into our ChatGPT version are based off of the reviews your customers have given you in the past. They're based wow. off of the things that people like on Instagram, Facebook, you know, Twitter, you name it, as they go through your pages and interact with your, your ads and your website. All of these different data points tie into creating the optimal high-ranking internet traffic ads through our platform. And so you're getting both pieces. One is that safety piece of the enterprise AI. And two is the best types of words that get the largest amount of traction based off of what your customers actually want and not what you're guessing at. So the guesswork is gone. The safety is there and the AI does it all for you. That's amazing. So it's contextualizing information that exists about you as well and pairing that with inputs that you're putting. So maybe I know there's a few packages and we'll talk about them. Maybe let's just talk about Drive. So we're kind of there already. I'd love to talk about like, what are the key elements of Drive? Maybe like kind of list them off so we can mentally prepare ourselves. And then I'd love to talk about like the evolution. What are some special features that you feel really proud of that the team's been releasing over the last little while? We started this with a look at how we can just simplify a few pieces in marketing. You know, can we track social media performance, have some simple marketing services like ads running through our platform? automate the scheduling in some way. And these are features that restaurant owners are already learning to do just by the nature of this digital economy that we're a part of. By having everyone connected via the internet, it's important to use that as a platform to boost your business. But it's really not the core interest of a restaurant to focus on social media. It's, it's kind of a, an add-on. It's a thing that you need to do, but you really want to focus more on the cooking. You want to focus more on building the business. And so you'll find people will hire a marketing manager for that. And maybe the marketing manager doesn't have the same interest in and motivation to boost that business as you do as an owner. And so we want to give that ability to both the owner and the marketing manager to make the process more simple. And so we started around this social media management piece. But of course, with the large scale evolution of these AI models in the last you know, six months to a year, we've seen a real ability for us to automate out each step of the process. So whether you're creating a new campaign, we look towards your existing you know, social media pages and understand what your brand looks like, what your color scheme is, what the keywords you use are. We look towards what your customers are talking about you. We look towards where you want to expand into with new demographics. We look towards what your POS orders are seeing, what your, your social media clicks are seeing and tying those together. And so through all of these, we create these AI-generated campaigns and not just text like ChatGPT, but images too, in being able to actually deploy these optimally at the right time with the right content for the right users. So you get the maximum traction. So you even get like a content calendar out of this. Like it sounds like it's picking up a bunch of external information. And I'm not like, I almost imagine a world where I have, you know, hired social media manager. Maybe it's like, hey, hostess that's full time. Can you also do a little bit of this off the side of your desk? You're saying, listen, we're going to go look at a whole bunch of external factors. We're going to allow you to input some of your own elements to help support support it, but we can help you along the way. And this could effectively be robust enough because it will build a campaign and a calendar to deploy yourself or because I think it's important, right? Like if you have a marketing manager or social media manager, this is not coming to replace your job. This it's is coming to allowing support you. To you. The, yeah. Of course, like it, it's making every part of your job more simple because there's less guesswork as a marketing manager, especially in these smaller mom and pop shops don't have enough time to read through all these different messages and comments and trending hashtags. It's impossible. We've tried it ourselves. And the reason we built this is because we've been helping these restaurants for you know two years now. We've seen the pains that they have. 
And so, you know, of our, you know, uh, thousand odd restaurants that we're helping, every one of them is using the drive tier, every single one. And of course, some of them use the grow and the expand as well, but they all start here because it's the most immediate pain point and it's so simply solved through our platform. Now we're talking about this like it's super simple and it's always existed. What are some of the features that we've either talked about or haven't talked about that are like new and fresh and things that are like on the cutting edge of what you're doing? And maybe even that have evolved since we talked. I, I don't even remember. It might have been a couple months ago, but things are moving that fast. What yeah. What's sort of like the things that people should be like, holy cow, so there's I want two, to be bleeding edge, I yeah. need to, to try Dine. There's two super cool things we've been adding in the drive tier. The first one is around loyalty and how you connect your existing loyalty and CRM platforms to your marketing campaigns and in tracking where each click converts to. So I can see if 10,000 people see my ad and 1,000 people click on it and maybe 100 get to the website's you know, reservation page, how many of those actually come to my POS and then place a review? And each one of those steps is tracked with a number. And so you don't have to do any guesswork with Google ads and saying, okay, well, I gave this ad out and had a certain click-through rate and I don't really know what it means and I saw some you know, fluctuation in my POS orders, but I don't really know if I got any answer. With Dyne, you're getting that direct insight through our platform. We make it super visible so you can see every step. And that's really been a valuable piece for these marketing managers and for these, especially smaller restaurants, to see the effectiveness of the spend they put on ads. And so our cost of, as a platform is immediately visible. And so if we're actually not performing as well as your ad is, we won't charge you for that month, you know, because we want to be kind to these, to these, especially the small business owners who don't have that large budget for a marketing campaign that let's say a Starbucks might have, especially people, of course, to help Starbucks. There's different markets for these things. And we want to make sure that we're kind to, especially our first 1,000, 10,000 customers who are using this and really helping us to build this to a scale where it's ready for the whole market and the whole world. So that's piece one, loyalty. Piece two is around image generation. This is something that's you know, very, very new in the space and how we can actually create the content of the images for every one of your social media posts, your advertisements, you name it. And that's all by understanding your existing social media content, what, what competitors in your space are doing, your color schemes, your keywords, you name it. And using that alongside those ideal texts and that ideal timing to get your campaign much more reach. And so there's no more graphic design needed. It understands what you've already done. Even your menus, we can design a whole new layout based off of what's optimal for your business. And so this kind of image generation saves hours and hours and hours every quarter for these restaurant owners. And it's essential to get that maximum traffic. I love how easy you're making this sound. And I think what's crazy is like, as I listen to you talk through it, I imagine myself in someone's shoes where they create an image, maybe in Photoshop, maybe in Canva, and they post it and they boost it and they measure the number of views it got and the number of clicks it got. And maybe and none of those numbers mean anything to a restaurant. Yeah. It's like, like it's not connected, right? It's not contextual. Like, You're contextualizing no this. Oh, I got, I got 10 clicks. Well, where's the orders? <laughs> where's my, where's my return on investment? You don't get that number, you know, but through Dine, you can see the full attribution loop. And so that's like essential to seeing got it. So, if your spend makes sense. So retention, big new hot feature. And the other is specifically around image generation to help speed up how this is how this is done. Are there other key components of the drive that you want to make sure we like cover off today and people should Well, think the last about? piece that sometimes we want to make sure that people understand, this is not just an AI tool. There's a whole team of people working behind this. And so mm. what we usually do is we combine that automated piece of the AI, the content generation, your image generation, the connections to your loyalty pieces with our influencer marketplace. And so we have hundreds of these foodie bloggers and influencers who go into these restaurants and film content to add that more of a human touch. And so while these AI models are getting there, they're not there yet. And so right now we have a very strong team of people who are 
dedicated to boosting that industry, seeing that restaurant industry really bounce back. You know, during the pandemic, 271,000 jobs were lost in Canada and over 2.6 million jobs in the food industry in the U.S., which were never gotten back. And so there's no one to do this kind of work. And so there's a real shortage. This is why we built this tier is because there's so many jobs lost and there's no one doing this kind of work and it needs to be done to boost that traffic back. Otherwise, we're out of luck. And so right now, you'll see there's a new industry report that came out which said that uh, about 50% in Canada, or 50% in the U.S., excuse me, 51% in Canada of restaurant owners, people in the hospitality industry, are looking for new automation tech in the next two years. And so we're sort of uniquely poised in this market where we can tap into not just the sort of chat GPT spinoffs that everyone else is making, but stuff that is really connected to your existing restaurant tech stack, stuff that keeps your data safe, and stuff that makes your decision-making processes much faster, much easier, much simpler. So you get the maximum traffic into your into your restaurant. That's super cool. I love that you added that element where there's like a platform element to what you offer, but there's like some elements where you can help extend those capabilities with people, with authentic foodies and bloggers and vloggers that can round out your strategy and they don't need to go out looking for them. Like you have these people on your roster across Canada and I presume expanding, if not going to be expanding into the US. So super critical. We talked about supply chain earlier on. Is that in drive or are we now starting to go to the next package or supply chain, a component of this drive package? Supply chain is all about grow. So grow and expand are all about supply chain. So we're in grow now. Tell me about, so clear drive, drive the package that supports your marketing, customer loyalty, very robust. There's elements of AI, there's elements of people and bespoke elements to that package and people can go find out more and we'll tell them where to go after. Let's talk about grow. Tell me about what the grow package entails. So first of all, I'd say that Grow is my personal favorite package. The amount of easy-to-use tech in this that simplifies decision-making beyond marketing is industry-leading and incredibly, incredibly new to this space. And so it really hasn't been done before. We're doing stuff like understanding what the ideal price point is for every single menu item across every single store on a minute-to-minute basis. What Uber does with surge pricing, we can easily do for restaurants, whether that's on a daily, monthly, quarterly basis, you name it, but that's there. We understand exactly when your inventory will be overstocked or understocked two weeks in advance. We look at how your your staff can be ideally placed based off of upcoming events around your city with tracking over 100,000 people as foot traffic in each province in Canada and each state in the US. And so there's a very large amount of data that we're processing from not just a restaurant's own internal operations, but from the large scale information about what their this and what their locality is, is producing in terms of events and people's interests, that factors into how we can ideally optimize the supply chain. What does it mean to optimize the supply chain, you're going to ask? It means that when I have any sort of procurement order, I want to order, let's say, I don't know, 10 steaks for next week. I need to understand exactly how people are going to come in next week to order those 10 steaks. If I over order, I'm going to be, you know, throwing a steak out and that's not great. So there's a food waste element there. If I am looking at, you know, large scale decisions, I want to make sure that I'm not overstaffing so my margins are decreased because I don't have enough money to pay back my people. And so the real point of this tier is directed at operations managers who make these decisions. And it's about growing these profit margins, optimizing the staffing and inventory, and integrating with each piece of the restaurant tech stack from the POS to the staffing and inventory, to the reviews, to the reservations, you name it. And so some of these un- functionalities like even unlock new features in, in tier one and in that, in that drive tier, you know, when you have reviews integrated, you're able to get better insights on your marketing. But of course, it really unlocks a new level of uh, ideally managing each flow of your people, of your inventory, and of your prices across each location all at once. 
That's cool. So you talked about a few things there. So I heard elements of supply chain, elements of staffing, elements of reducing food waste. So it sounds like you don't just have to rely on like, oh, my knees start to hurt and tingle when it's going to rain this week. Like you're bringing some some data. And I think what's important here is like at the end of the day, the restaurant owners and operations managers are empowered to make the final call, but you're giving them information and predictability that they can make the final call. You know, my gut says that's not perfectly accurate, but that's fine. It's guidance. And over time you layer that with knowledge and industry expertise and holy cow, that's powerful. There's sort of two customer types really who use this this tier. There's those who have never touched the sort of data set stuff before in their lives. Your mom and pop shops, your scale, they're just getting into this stuff. They're just starting to track these metrics and you know, more power to them, they should really be tracking because it's important stuff. And there's also been around for the 10 years to actually have a large amount of data that they actually process and track. And we plug into any th- sort of information they have. So they're never actually replacing any tech. They don't have to like find a new you know, way, way of doing things. They just plug things in. It's a one-click integration into our platform for each of their platform, wow. for each of their tech. And so we just take all that data. And usually what these guys do is they spend hours and hours each week trying to understand what the financial numbers mean, what to do with next you know, quarter in terms of pricing, what to take from pre- the previous week to predict next week. But what I always tell people is that we process so much data. We have, we have up to three months of forecasted information about what people are actually going to be doing and who's coming into your restaurant. And so it's like, I can take my historic data and predict tomorrow, but it's like, if it rained yesterday, it's going to rain tomorrow. I can flip a coin and I'd be right half the time. It's sort of like a, a real guessing game. Even the weather's not right all the time on, on the news. And so we actually fun, find what the different foot traffic patterns are that are going to be coming in. We see how social media trends boost you know, your revenue. We, we, there's, also, there's always a really fun example. We have this one Rings, Wings restaurant in, in British Columbia. And whenever there's a new Hot Ones episode online, the trending hashtags for Hot Wings goes up. And so we're able to actually price their Hot Wings higher during those peak times and see the profit margin on those increase two and a half fold. And so there's cases like this across the entire internet. And no one is making those decisions manually. It's all automated by the AI. And so no owner has to spend hours and hours each week thinking about what the next decision is because that's made instant. But it's at their fingertips. They never are automated out of the process. They're given the options that are optimal and they choose whether or not to make them. And if they choose to make them, well, then everyone's happy. A couple of questions jumped to my mind. The first is you talked about this dynamic pricing tied to menus. Yeah. I assume this is, a, and I've noticed this everywhere I go, most restaurants have gone away with or rarely use physical menus anymore. It's all a, the barcode thing. So what you're saying is that barcode is tied with their digital menu and you can hot swap that pretty quickly, time-based, date-based, and allow these restaurants to fluctuate or surge. But if most restaurants, see, you know, most yeah. restaurants even know what this stuff is called. Like in restaurants call this happy hour. We're just able to do that at each hour of the day based off of that demand. And wow. so whether it's, you know, a business sector where there's an, a lunchtime rush or there's a, you know, a mom and pop shop that really sees a lot of elderly people come in, you know, on, on the Sunday afternoons, we understand how these flows work. And we don't just increase the prices in a way that maximizes the restaurant's revenue because that decreases customer loyalty. We have a really strong balance of how we connect this dynamic pricing piece to that marketing campaign, to the staffing and inventory piece that manages these things in a sort of considerate way. We're not here to just be you know, greedy capitalists, but we can always increase the margin, the, the cost of the food a little bit without seeing any customer backlash. And so we really balance that and learn from the experiences of all of our restaurants and in, in informing those decisions for each one of the new customers that we bring on. So there's never a loss in customers. There's only a gain in the revenue. 
All right. So second question, because yeah. I know someone's asking it. Someone's skeptical. Yeah. Someone's skeptical on your accuracy. You're predicting my supply chain. You're predicting my staffing. You're predicting, you know, all these elements of my business that I've been doing for 35 years. And that's fine. I'm sure they're really good at what they do. They definitely have like owner's intuition and understanding of that space. But I'm skeptical. How accurate are your predictions? And how do you make sure that they're getting more accurate? How does this work? And you don't have to share all your secret ingredients, if you will, but tell me a little bit about it. Let's help people through that skepticism. Yeah, definitely. Dime processes right now about 30 million daily data points. Now, that's a number that means nothing to most people. But if you think about $30 million, can you count each dollar every day? I don't think so. You know, it's in a stack of cash in a room. It's really hard to sort of measure what that all means. And if each dollar has a different, you know, let's say a color, if you think about monopoly money, you know, each one has a different color, you might get to count how many of each color there are. Just that is an impossible problem to do in a day. And so, you know, while we have so many, so many, so many smart restaurant owners and managers who understand it from an intuition standpoint, they, it's hard to catch all the nuances that come on that daily basis. Those, you know, one-off events that only happen in a group chat somewhere off in the middle of the internet five hours before, you know, a big event. And then all of a sudden you see a rush and you don't have enough staff to handle it. We see edge cases like that all the time in each one of our restaurants. And so it's not a matter of trying to say we're better than anybody. No, it's just there's, there's an impossible task of measuring all the different data sets that exist. We plug into stuff like events, foot traffic, weather data rest information. You know, we plug into the POS, we plug into your procurement, your, your Cisco or Gordon Foods, you name it. Uh, it. Staffing platforms like seven shifts in seven rooms. We're not here to sort of guess. We're connecting to the data sets where they are. But of course, we have a very strong and sort of proprietary tech uh, behind it that helps to create those insights that understand the differences between, you know, a hot day and a cold day. But at every moment of the day and seeing you know, how those, those demands fluctuate and connecting that to your supply providers. So you can actually, you know, for example, automate the order of the next inventory through our tech when you see there's going to be a shortage. Or you can reallocate your staff to different stores by plugging into seven shifts, let's say. And whenever we have that uh, you know, staffing overage, you just allocate them to the other store. And so there's a real piece of what we call supply chain optimization in moving these things around different stores based off of the demand. And connecting that to your supply side, so you're never actually overstaffed, understaffed, oversupplied, undersupplied. You're making the optimal margin. And that makes you grow into a profitable business. It's really impressive. So like, I don't even know if everyone caught that, but what was super special to me is Dyn is definitely a powerful tool. Um, but one of the biggest things in any industry is change management. And what you're telling me is because of your two-way integration, so much of that change management is taken away. It's not like, hey, Dyn's going to predict and tell you how to think about your staffing. And then you need to go take that and put that into a bunch of tools or call a bunch of people. You're telling me these things are integrated with your primary, for the most part, supply chain vendors for food, shift management, ordering systems, menu systems. You've integrated a whole bunch of this so that people can live where they're typically used to living, but with a layer on top of it of advice that yeah. they can plug in and make these decisions and connect back with the systems they're used to very quickly. And what's super exciting is that, you know, like we have like probably 70, 75 integrations so far into the restaurant tech stack and we're adding like eight new ones every month. So wow. about 25 a quarter that we're adding right now and it keeps growing. So, you know, if there's any restaurant who sees like, oh yeah, well they have this, but not what I need. It takes us about, you know, three weeks out of new integration. It's super fast for us to build it in because, you know, we've been doing this for, for years now and we really understand what the important pieces of data are. So we're not trying to, you know, get everything about your 
your data sets. So just what, what makes the decision-making process simpler. And so you know, we call this thing next best action recommendations in our platform and how you can understand both qualitative, your reviews, you know, stuff that people are just talking about, as well as quantitative insights, stuff that's coming from your POS trackers, you know, different numbers in your, in your dashboards, you name it, to help you make better decisions for your business. It's really tailored to each level of the user. So the marketing manager who logs in sees things that are relevant to them. The server sees recommendations that are relevant to a server. The owner might see recommendations that are relevant to pricing or creating a new menu, but we actually target it to each different level of the organization. So each person in the, in the restaurant can use the Dine's Next Best Action recommendation to improve their overall behavior with, with customers, to improve their differentiation against competitors, and to grow the business overall so that they can expand to more locations, so it can create more of a buzz, can create more of a customer base, and really see it become a staple of each of their cities. So you're talking about a few things there. You talked a little bit about customer sentiment analysis at yeah. scale, um, like actually knowing, not just reading your Google reviews, like a broader yeah. set of what are people talking about, goods and bads online. And then there's the next logical action, which are like, I guess, recommendations based on the data. Exactly. So really, you know, customer sentiment is like, um, if, I, if, I, if I'm typing something, is that a positive message or is it a negative message? That's the simplest version. Uh, and that's what most, you know, people will do anyways. But what we do really cool uh, is that we understand what keywords are being talked about. So am I talking about burgers in a positive or negative light? How many food topics I'm talking about positively or negatively or drink topics or service quality or the ambience of the restaurant. We have about 10 different types of indicators that allow us to see not just how your restaurant is doing, but how each facet of your business is performing based on your, your, your customer's feedback. And so this allows us to get a lot more granular with the insights we provide. And these action recommendations that we give, we're not giving you 10,000 recommendations. It's use the platform for five minutes a day, get three key insights that you can deliver on that day. And if you do them, you'll see, you'll see improvement. If you don't, your money back. That's sort of the way we work. That's super powerful. So those are the key components of grow. So we've cleared drive. Now we've cleared grow. One question before we move on. And you said there's three packages, I think. Yeah, the third one's called expand. Perfect. So before we cover expand, if I buy grow, do I get all the features of drive or do I stack them? Like I buy drive, but I can also buy. What's super cool about the, what we do is that First of all, if you use Drive, you're going to get, you know, it's great for your sort of mom and pop shop who doesn't have the necessarily all the different data sets of the Grow tier, but Drive helps you turn into a restaurant that will be needing Grow. It gets you those extra, you know, the revenue you need to boost into new locations and to buy those new software platforms that enable Grow to be most optimal. When you get to Grow, the data sets that you're plugging into, whether it's the, the reviews or whether it's the POS data, they all inform the features from Drive, your automated marketing piece but they also enable new features around dynamic pricing, inventory and staffing, demand forecasting, customer sentiment retargeting, and next best action recommendation that add a new layer of, of recommendations and insights and things that build your business. And the, similarly with Expand, what we're doing here is taking it from a model which is really great for one location at a time and understanding how we can look at all of your locations as a scale-up restaurant with multiple locations or as an enterprise with hundreds across different you know, states and provinces and how we can manage those supply chains at scale in understanding competitor insights and understanding where to place your next site for a new expansion. And in looking at your current locations and how we can actually visualize all the different supply chain flows on a map screen and see when things are gonna be coming in, when things are gonna be running out and making simple, rec simple click you know, actions to optimize those chains. So drive and grow are really for everyone. Like this, a single location 
could use both drive and grow. For sure. If I'm paying for grow, I'm inherently just also getting all of the features of grow plus drive. I don't have to pay for package A and package B. Exactly. Okay. So now if I go to expand, does that mean when I go to expand, I'm paying for expand, but getting drive, grow, and expand? Is that sort of how the package works? Yeah, of course. You You get all the features that we've talked about in drive and grow inside of expand. But you get it in a way that is much more visual for a multi-location restaurant. Those guys who are so, trying to- So expands for multi-location. Like if I have one location, unless I'm thinking about expansion, which- And if you want to think about expansion, we have the, the best uh, next site picker in the expand tier to help you find that second, third, and you know 20th, 30th location. You name it. We understand essentially uh, what demographics you want to expand into, whether it's the uh, square footage of the restaurant, whether it has parking spots, how- much people are earning in that area, what the population density is, and about 10 other factors that really allow us to inform what is the ideal place for a new location and cross-reference that with existing real estate offerings, pre-sale construction offerings, as well as your competitors' locations that you can bid on. So you can see the whole market of where the next best location is. And we can allow you to then contact the realtor for those spots and get into a discussion you know, about 60 to 70% faster than if you go through an expansion manager, if you go through you know, a traditional process in the space. That's amazing. So you talked about it helps you. So I guess if you're a single location and not looking to add more locations, definitely you don't need to move past grow. You can benefit from drive immediately. You could also leverage grow and you, if you have data capabilities, you can. If you've got more than one location, you should almost very much be considering grow, especially if you have more than one location. Definitely. And if you have one location or multiple locations um, and you're looking to understand the market, not just not just add more locations, but if you're looking to understand the market and or make new investment decisions in new locations, expand is for you. And you talked about the ability for this location picker, which sounded really cool. And then there's competitive insights. And then you're el- talking, I think, about elements of like understanding sort of the current three, There's location. sort of three key features. The first one is that location picker, that new location picker feature that allows you to see what the optimal next franchise spot or next you know, restaurant location is for your business based off of yep. your existing customer base and what you want to go towards. The second is current location analysis. So once you get past that two location mark, we want to see how we can optimize the staffing and inventory flows between your locations, understand where the foot traffic is coming from in terms of the events happening around town, see when things are, are going well or not, based off of your POS data, based off of your reviews, and seeing how we can create new deals for different customer segments based off of their geography in a way that's a bit more fine-tuned than what you find in, let's say, a Google Ads or a Facebook Ads, because it only looks towards a sort of a radius around a given point, but we're able to see uh, for each location, what are the differences between them? And the third piece is the competitor analysis and seeing you know, how competitors are creating, you know, marketing material in your space, what price points that they're setting things on, what deals they're running to make things sort of a bit more easy for customers to come in, as well as seeing how much of your market are they taking away and whether you want to either compete with them for the same market or find a different way to differentiate and to find a new market segment to tap into. So whether you want to be you know, uh, the biggest fish in your pond or to find a new pond to expand into, we help both of those directions with this competitor analysis. This is cool. Now, I should have maybe even asked this when we started with Drive, but these are um, monthly-based subscriptions or I, sub- I I kind of buy six or 12 months at a time. How does that work? We don't have to talk pricing here. I think we'll direct people to where they can find out more. Yeah. But how are the packages purchased? Monthly? Yeah, you can uh, really do sem- monthly, quarterly, yearly. 
what we always find is that the, the guys who book it yearly, you know, you, you get 10 months or you get, sorry, 12 months for the price of 10. So like, that's one of the many ways that we make it simpler for restaurants wow. to, to see the value. And we do work on a way, you know, especially with these larger clients, we often do, you know, pilots for, let's say, five locations of the 50 that they might have and show some success metrics before we expand to the full 50 and imply expansion across all those locations. And so we're not here to sort of price gouge. We're not here to make the existing margins smaller. Every part of our business has a trackable performance indicator attached to it that shows how well the feature is working for your restaurant. And so if the feature is not working well, you can literally screenshot your dashboard and show the cost-saving calculator that's already in our features and say, hey, I'm paying X, but you're giving me Y. And so that's not enough. You know, you're giving me less than what I need. But if that number is really high, of course, we see that our customers have seen that a lot. That when the number is much higher than the cost you're paying, it's really intuitive to sign up every location for Dine, whether that's the drive, grow, or expand tier. Uh, we apply this sort of visibility across all of it. We are not here to sort of make it harder to understand this AI thing. We're trying to make it really simple to understand, but really, really accurate. And so there's no better way to do that but than by showing the exact dollar-to-dollar breakdown of what we're doing for these restaurants and allowing them to uh, sort of you know, keep us in check because we want to improve the product too. We want to make sure that it's optimal for every kind of restaurant, whether they're a mom and pop shop, a scale up, an enterprise, a QSR, you know, you name it. And in this way, we've been able to grow really fast. You know, last year around this time, we had around maybe 30 clients and now we're, you know, over 800, 900, like that's a 30, 40 X growth in a year. And that's, you know, that's only because we have this amazing support of the restaurant community uh, around us in really building this product with us and saying, here's what I need. Here's what you're doing well. Here's what you're not doing well. And our team is so devoted to this space and in iterating upon uh, this value prop of creating that next level AI tool for restaurants that automates the marketing, that optimizes the supply chain, that makes every decision, you know, 10 times faster and 10 times more impactful. This is the place, the place we're in. And because of this large community, being able to scale so fast and have so many great partners in this space and great customers you know, across the country. And now we're doing a big US expansion. And so this has been a really, really fun place because we're able to see every kind of market across this space, every scale of restaurant, every type of customer demographic, and fine tune these models for each one of our customers individually based off of their needs. And that's really cool. So impressive. I think we've talked about you know, drive, grow, expand, three amazing packages, some of the amazing features you've embedded within them. What clearly jumps to my mind, almost anyone that's going to listen to this episode knows of someone or someone through someone that it either works in or owns something in the food and beverage industry or the restaurant industry. And so I have to imagine they're going to want to listen to this and find out more. So if they're listening to this, where should they go to find out more details? And what are sort of the steps you'd advise for somebody who's looking to find out more information or maybe even get started? So the simplest thing you can do is just go to dineapp.ca, D-Y-N-E-A-P-P.ca, and book a demo for, for any restaurant owner. You can send that link to your friends who work in the restaurant industry. Anyone who's working in this space can really book a demo. And our amazing customer support team is available 24-7 to get to your needs. And so we'd be happy to show you the product, walk you through it, see if you, can, if you like it, and see how we can help you create a customized solution that works the best for your business. We want to really show you how seamless it is to integrate uh, into Dine. You know, we're not here to spend a week trying to, you know, plug in your your wires and your POS system into our tech. It's really just a few clicks to connect your different POS providers, your social media, all the different pieces in your in your puzzle, and then have this Dine thing going on in the background. 
that does the thinking for you and makes your life a lot simpler, a lot less time spent on trying to digest large data sets and trying to understand market trends and give you actionables that you can really focus on that drive your business around making your marketing decisions sort of drive traffic further around optimizing your pricing to get you further margins and then seeing the optimal amount of inventory and supply you should have on a given cadence, as well as informing how you can expand to new locations and understand competitors through all of this process. So you can go from that mom and pop shop with one or two locations and scale up to that enterprise. We've seen people go from one location to five locations in under a year using our platform. That's crazy. We've seen restaurants go from 50 to 100 locations to our platform. That's crazier. And so there's a place for each one of these different scales using Dine. And we want to make that available to everybody. And so if you know anyone in this space, whether they're restaurants, whether they're quick service, you know, they run a pizza joint, they work in, in, a, in a hotel, you name it, anywhere that they're serving food or anything else, we're able to apply this tech to that place and create a customized solution for them. I love it. How much I truly love everything that's happening with AI. I'm super passionate about connecting it with people to create empowering scenarios. And, and obviously, like, there's no surprise. AI can make things efficient. It can make things go away. But if there's an industry that has been so hurt by COVID and so many efficiency challenges, it's super special that you guys are applying this solution to help them regain the scale that they need to continue to grow and thrive. You also know I love food. Exactly. If restaurants continue if to grow, foodie, expand, the, the I love it. It's like so. Like there's no way you can hate going out for food or drinks with friends. And so if people can do more of that and are empowered to do more of that, and the restaurants are thriving because of solutions like Dine, that's super amazing. So again, DineApp.ca, but Dine with a Y. Parsa, thank you for joining us today on the Pitch Please podcast. I know there's a little bit of a different episode. We haven't done a deep tech review a deep feature review of some of our previous startups. And I hope we get more of them to come back to do this. I think it was super engaging and cool. Any final closing thoughts from your side before we wrap up? No, I mean, if anyone has any questions, of course, you have the Dine website you can go right to and dineapp.ca and fill out our, our forms to give feedback on the tech that you're seeing on any demos that you want to do. And so we'd love to get your feedback on this format as well, uh, both Mike and I, and seeing how we can improve this format and maybe give you a bit more of a technical perspective if that's what you like, or go into more so the case studies and real successes that Dine has seen across this various set of clients and really show you how this it's making that direct impact on a case-by-case -case basis. But with that, uh, thank you, Mike, so much for this opportunity. We're very happy to continue doing these podcasts. And it's always great to see you as much as we're across the country from each other. It's a great pleasure. It's awesome. The time zone always works out pretty good for me because I can do these after work and keep you within your own time zone of the day. But thanks again, everyone who joined in. Welcome back to the Pitch Please podcast. Hope you enjoyed that episode and catch you on the next one. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Pitch Please, a Bluemex podcast, is hosted by Michael Thibodeau and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. For more Pitch Please content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.